Hey guys, it's that time again. Cycle 3 is here. Welcome to another episode of the Misfit Podcast with myself, Seth. I'm here with Sherp and Drew. Yo. We're going to try to walk you through uh, what to expect in the upcoming cycle. It's a lot like last year, but we'll give you some more specifics uh, so you can kind of plan your, you know, the rest your of your life. progress. Uh, yeah. Your life. Yeah. I mean, the plan Open's, your life. The open's coming. We're going we're gonna to blink our eyes, and then we're going to be talking about signing people up for the Open, taking the judges' courses, doing all that shit. I can't wait. And uh, so before we get there, think about that today. let's get you guys through cycle <laughs> three. To. Drew, what do you got before we dive into this? Sharpentheaxeco.com. We're going to have a lot of new gear coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Get you guys ready for some awesome uh, Christmas presents. You can just buy them for yourself if you want. Um, pretend that someone else gave them to you. Ooh, we oh, also we have some uh, Sharpen the Axe mugs. We do. Some cool sayings on it. What does that one say? Starve. Starve your distractions. Starve your distractions. Feed your focus. And I skipped breakfast today. I'm quite starved. <laughs> it Boom. was distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> So here I am, starving. I know, I know, I'm sold. Starving, cold. <laughs> Can't wait. This is gonna be fun. All right. Okay. Also at sharpentheaxeco.com, Derby City CrossFit Misfit Athletics Training Camp, December 8th through the 10th. Coming up, Louisville, Kentucky. You can still yeah. sign up for that. That's coming up really quick. Supposedly there are some uh, discount codes. Sherb's gonna turn Whoa. his sound off here. Neat. Supposedly there are some discount codes floating around the internet. We're not gonna tell you where. You're gonna have to go find them, but. SharpenTheXCode.com, click on the events tab. Use code Seth for 0% off. <laughs> code Seth. 1% off. <laughs> Do you type in it's code, a code Seth? It's a code yeah, Seth. Code yeah. Seth. Yeah. It's a code Seth. It actually you adds. must have all the gear. It adds shipping. Double you have to shipping. pay shipping for your camp ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Cycle three. All right, all right. Let's start uh, at the beginning, the warm-ups. We're going to start at the warm-ups, and they're very... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at some of them right now. Um, a lot of the like rep accumulation type stuff, but one of the big things and the warning that we want to give you guys is the flossing is coming back. So make sure you, you know, we always say go with the rogue fitness stuff. We bought it from yeah. other companies and it ends up breaking sooner. Not as good. Sooner. Yeah, it's not as good. And, and actually to be perfectly honest, it's sort of relatable to the black. Yeah, it's fitness. close. It's yeah. close. The red stuff is the, the red stuff is is where you should go. Yeah. So the flossing is back. Why is that important? Just give them that. If you give them anything, why is that important for them? The flossing is massively important, um, both for recovery to get um, lymphatic waste out, but also warming up wise. When you go really tight on a certain area, maybe an area that's bothering you or something that you're going to be using, um, we restrict blood flow, and then blood flow goes flying back into the area. And we create a little bit of heat there and make it a lot easier to go through. Like an example would be test week day one. We have floss quads above knee, two steady rounds, bike 1K, 30 alternating jumping lunges. Yay. That sounds like my workout for the day. <laughs> but I know that if I flossed my quads before that, I'd have a lot easier time moving on to the clean complex. So um, really, really good to warm up with. And then if it's every day throughout the entire cycle, that's when those little things add up over and over and over and you actually get some serious benefit from it. So highly recommended. We have some videos on our YouTube channel that you guys can check out if you have no clue what we're talking about. Now we are on to the strength work. Yeah. As we move throughout the season, you guys will notice that the strength work, um, it's kind of sort of the opposite of what an Olympic lifter would do. We start low rep, high weight, and then go back towards what we're trying to accomplish within our season. And that is to be able to move a barbell 
over and over and over right. because that's a lot more that's a lot more relevant to our sport yeah. than than you know just moving the one rep max so with that being said it is my favorite time of year texas method season is back Texas Method is um, yeah goodbye legs. (laughs) Texas Method is something that was developed by Mark Ripito, and we could probably tweak it just a little bit and steal it, Um, but it works so well, and it just it works every year. It works for slow twitch guys and fast twitch guys. It's it's essentially something that works so well that um, we feel feel the. I can't speak today. I'm struggling over here. I'm, I'm going to help you right now. So Texas Method, 5x5 <laughs> five five at 90% of your 5 rep max. They're going to find test week, and then they, they try to get a new 5 rep max later yes. on in the week. Uh, the biggest question I always see coming in from people, if this is their first time or even if it's their third time going through it, is what happens if I don't hit my percentages one week? Like what am I looking at? What what I do wrong or what should I do moving forward? Right. I would say there's there's two things to consider. One it's nice to know after test week, how far am I trying to take this? Because then you can follow a little bit of a linear progression type method where you say, okay, test week, I hit 275 pounds. I really want to hit 315 by the end or 305, whatever it is. You do the math out, you know, you've got to go up five pounds a week. That week that you're feeling really good, it might still be smart to just take that five pound jump, hit it, be fast so that we can progress throughout the entire cycle. I think some people go for broke week one, overshoot it, overshoot it, and then they're struggling really bad. I would also say that five by five at 90% of your five rep max is what I like to call a religious experience. If you do it (laughs) properly, you are toast after. This is not your typical warm up to a heavy single, then hit some triples and you're done. Five by five takes a serious warm up. It takes serious technique takes a lot of focus, the same type of focus that you would want to put into rowing intervals or a Metcon or something like that. So really important to make sure that you're following that linear progression and not biting off a little bit too much at the beginning of the cycle and that you're taking it seriously because it's not, you know, it's, it's no different than me getting mad. You know, I got mad at Max the other day for using his ski intervals as his warm up. It's yeah. no different than that. Um, you just have to really go into it with like a, you know, a big warm up. you know, maybe even, um, you know, one of the bitch work pieces, something like that. Get yourself really, you know, your CNS going to make sure that you can actually do it. So you mentioned, uh, technique and all the, all the hundreds of things you just said. Um, think about test week, uh, and how important the technique would be on that five by five. If you go in with kind of no holds barred attitude and just like grind out a five rep max, it looks like shit, but you got it. I think you're going to have a lot. Yes, exactly. It's really hard to progress and it's hard to be consistent on your five by five days if you're not really focusing on the technique. So maybe consider the the test week five by five, the heaviest five at max you can do while still moving near perfect. Looks like a squat still. Yeah, exactly. And then build from there because if you go in there sloppy as shit, you can't really expect to hit 25 reps moving like that over each week. And you can't get strong and and hurt yourself simultaneously. Those things don't necessarily go together that well. Yeah, that's, that's really important. And back squat is sort of like deadlift in that way where we can get away with because the bar's literally sitting on us with some right. weird shit. It's not like a front squat, but you can make it like a front squat by getting into the, you know, into the right positions. So essentially five by five at 90% of your five rep max, another five rep max. And we do that back and forth throughout the cycle. Um, 
we are taking a, a similar approach to the push jerk. You guys will start off with some good old-fashioned five-by-fives, and as the cycle goes on, the reps will go down a little bit, the percentage will go up a little bit, and we're just, you know, we're looking for the same thing. We're looking for really solid reps. Um, we'll get the we'll get the questions at some point for Ask the Misfits. I'm not hitting my percentages. What do I do? Drop them 2.5%, drop them 5%, whatever it is. We have to marry the ideas of getting strong and moving well together as yep. we go through this cycle. That's That's really important. The days of bragging about your five rep max push jerk. I don't know. Your you percentage works. You don't really <laughs> see that as much as we used to. And maybe yeah. that was just us doing it against each other here in the gym. Yeah. But, you know, you go you go to regionals and you don't see anybody standing on the podium moving like shit. So no, we have more. to marry those two ideas together. Really important. And then last but not least, we will be alternating deadlift, high rep deadlift. Well, high rep in terms of strength, strength work, um, and rest pause strict press. Um, rest pause strict press for anybody that doesn't know what that is. Essentially you're taking, um, is it 25%, mm-hmm. 25%, 25% of your max in a dumbbell weight. You are doing as many reps as you can for strict press. You're taking 15 deep breaths, doing it again, 15 deep breaths, doing it again. And obviously, you know, with cycle three being a little bit more about muscle endurance at this point in the season, that's what we're trying to accomplish. This is also dumbbell work is just also really good for keeping your shoulders healthy. When we, when we have to, when we create the system with the barbell, we don't really get the, the little fixed, muscles. Yeah. Exactly. It's yep. a fixed situation. Um, one thing that I will say with the rest, pause, strict press, that's really important is if you have mobility issues and you can't not do the big, you know, banana boat action, but you can still press, I would say back the weight down, back right. the weight down, do it properly. If you have to do it up against a wall, you know, that can help a little bit. If you have to maybe wear a belt, whatever it is, make sure that you have that cue going through there. Would and you ever let someone uh, do it seated? I would actually prefer someone do it seated that struggles a lot with that connection of their yeah. midline because we can take out essentially what happens with a lot of people. It's not even mobility. It's that hip pushing forward. It's just your, your body knows that's a stronger position and right. knows that we can cheat the movement a little bit. And if we don't want to do that, we can go ahead and sit down, do the rest pause that way. And that also could be a challenge for someone that's really good at strict press. So yep. it'd be both ends of the spectrum. My form sucks. I should probably sit down and make sure that this goes right. Or, you know, I've done rest pause now with, with the blog for five years. I'm going to switch it up, sit down and see how many Change reps. the dynamic. Totally. I've done it before, like in, you know, here before sitting down and doing strict press versus standing up. It's a totally different animal. Maybe you're stronger yeah. that way or weaker that way. So it's a good way to attack it in a different angle. Absolutely. And then the deadlift, really, I mean, we're, we're starting to blur the lines between we don't care quite as much about that one rep max deadlift. We care about how well we can move rep after rep after rep. And if we're going with a, you know, I'm looking at like a 12, 12, 12 yeah. on deadlift, um, we're starting to get into that area of what it would feel like to go through a Metcon, but we're asking the weight to be higher than it would be in a Metcon so that when it is 12 to, you know, maybe even 20 reps in a Metcon and the weight's only 70 or 80% of what you've been pulling during the strength, it's going to be a lot easier, especially if you do it right during the strength. And in the descriptions, as always, we're, we're not going to allow you guys to just bounce say, take the it, shit take out control of 12 of this, reps. Yeah. yeah, it's controlled. The descent is just as important as picking it up off the floor. 
both the pattern and the strength. I was going to say, if you're, it, so. if you're someone that thinks that you're not going to get strong doing these deadlifts, if you do these slow and do them properly, you're going to get stronger. So if you're someone that's like, oh, I need to pull triples or I need to pull fives, like if you do 12 very, very slow or even 15 really, yeah. really slow with you know a weight that's maybe a little bit heavier than a Metcon, you're going to get strong. That yeah. whole concept of the Travis Williams thing, like figure out the trick, the trick is part of... I can pull this out of my bag in a competition if yep. something's no going wrong. When, yeah. There's no trick allowed when we completely back stuff out of Metcons and make it Correct. strength work or skill work or Olympic lifting, whatever it is. We have to make sure that that is technically sound. And then if you do need to, you know, blur the lines on your muscle up dip or, <laughs> or you know, bounce your squat to be able to make sure that you can get Catch through the bounce. final reps or anything like that. That's fine. But when we're talking about, you know, I'm looking at this sheet and so much of it is strength, Olympic lift, you know, extra bitch work, all of these pieces where we're backing stuff out and we have to make sure that the form is actually there so that it'll transfer into the workout. Yeah. I mean, there's no trick that gets you stronger on competition day. Nope. You either have the strength that you've built correctly or you fall apart. So, um, this is not the time for that. Uh, yeah, I think you covered it all. Moving on yeah, Olympic to lifts. the, not Ollie work, but Ollie work. I was corrected before the podcast. Olympic. Olympic lifting. So cycle three takes us through. Weightlifting hipster <laughs> on the internet wants to punch you right in your head. Or whatever. Right Sorry. We don't call it that. It's weightlifting. Weightlifting. So cycle three takes us through what I think is the most terrible cycle in terms of Olympic lifting. Oh, jeez. You have, well, in terms of how bad it Thanks. feels. I spent to all clarify, night writing <laughs> You suck at this. This is the worst. <laughs> to clarify, the most, uh, I'd say, challenging, personally, for me, the Olympic lifting, the cycle, is the complex work. So, um, during test week, you're going to test your one rep max clean complex and your one rep max snatch complex. If you've never done these before, you're going to do a series of barbell movements in a row to establish a baseline for the upcoming weeks that, um, to my opinion, is terrible. It's so taxing. You have to learn to move smooth around a barbell, which is, you know, we're going to a time of year where it no longer matters what your one rep max power clean or your snatches. It's can you move a barbell around and move it smoothly over and over again. So right. you're going to see the cycle at the snatch complex and the clean complex are going to be a terrible way to really like just smash yourself into the ground. And I find that when you learn to move smoothly around the barbell and you see your progression throughout the Six week cycle this time. Six week cycle. Five. Five. Five, five. week cycle this time. Um, this is your first day. Sorry. You know, you see those five weeks. You're gonna find that moving smoother and learning to move comfortably on the barbell will allow you to lift more weight as we work through this. Um, yeah, and and uh, I'll just kind of add to that, people. This is the time of year to to add that capacity, right? We we've done the raw strength work, we've done the speed and power work, and now we're keeping that, but we need to add the volume and the consistency, just like you talked about. And people, style, and, yeah. yeah, almost Metcon style. That's what I was going to say is that people that can do this start to feel like they're doing a Metcon, but they're moving 70, 75, 80% of their lifts over and over again through different range of motion. And they start to get smoother and smoother with it, even though their heart wants to beat out of their chest. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what CrossFit's really about these days in terms of, you know, if you look at the open last year, you had that workout with the chest to bar and the snatches. Like right. you have to be able to move a high percentage of your, your lifts under fatigue and what guess what this complex is perfect work for that you have a chance to see how well you can move every on the minute every 90 seconds every two minutes with a very heavy load to see how well you can get through that i think that's the when we add the timing in it makes it so much better in terms of bang for your buck as an athlete because you are forced to focus the entire time yeah there's no walking around the gym there's no oops i got into a conversation now i'm cold i'm not feeling that great there's no austin spencer i swear it's been 30 minutes but it's been 10 seconds <laughs> since my previous round there's none of that and focus really 
you know, at the end of the day becomes intensity because you're in it. You're, you're really in the, the lifting session and yes, it hurts and it's terrible, but you come out the other side so much better, better yeah. than when you started. I was going to say, I remember a few years ago when this wasn't on a clock, I would do exactly that. Yeah. Set of the complex and then like, you know, go to the bathroom, come back, have a shake and then do the next Send set. Send a few text messages. Yeah. It yeah. just, yeah. it was so hard to stay focused. And I think the clock, like you said, forces you to stay on your game. You can't just say, all right, you know, it's been 30 seconds or it's been three minutes. No, you see the clock, that's your time to go again. I think people move better when they're in that situation. They stay fresh, they stay hot, the pattern's fresh in their head. They just, the crossfitters are built to move, 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 move. And when you start taking three, four, five minutes between sets or you have to run somewhere else and do something else in the middle of your lifting, it fucks up your whole session. Yeah, the, f- it really fo- does. the focus thing is huge. I think yeah. that's, you know, it focuses Whether you're you to squatting heavy your or, or uh, weightlifting, it just... If you're not focused in and you're taking that rest time to do other things, you're fucking up your session. And that's, I, to me, that's, I know fun is a weird word to use for it, but like you set the bench up next to your platform, you get the jams going yeah. that you want, you set the clock, and then that is your like task. Totally. Absolutely, for that period of time. And not having to think or anything like that, just do it, it makes it easier. Well, good news, right? We get a chance to do that, but we also have some <laughs> Great other p- other pieces in the Olympic lifting cycle. So you'll be lifting three days a week. You'll see um, power clean and power snatch work. You're going to see that on Mondays or day one. Then you have your complex work on day three. Then on day five, you're going to have your monostructural slash squat Olympic lifting. So last year we you ex- experimented with this. You put yeah. in you know 800 meter runs, 400 meter runs. 3k bikes some rowing it's a chance to see you know if you're someone that's very confident with olympic lifting it's a chance for you to kind of push the envelope and get a little faster with your monostructural and go right back to work if you're not so confident it's a chance to just kind of recover in between sets totally um you know i found this really cool last year to get a chance to hit some heavy percentage work and then you know you stay active it's like drew said you don't grab a bench and sit down and like next thing you know it's been forever you kind of have your your own pacer built into this piece which is what i really like about it It ties back into what we just talked about it keeps people moving it keeps them fresh but it also takes them away from the bar so that they can't come back too early and that they don't go away for too long so it keeps you engaged the whole time and like you you started saying is is when the open comes around originals you have to be able to do multiple things while moving the barbell at high percentages over and over again so keeping it simple 1k rows 800 meter runs you can push that pace or back that pace down as much as you need with the goal in mind that you're going to be consistent with that barbell no matter what it takes on that next round so i think it's a chance to, you know to experiment with whether or not you're able to actually push there because there are times yes. are going to be like you know this 800 meters i'm shuffling my feet you know if you get your olympic lifting shoes on you feel like a fool because well, you're running an 800 with don't do all these shoes on not saying that <laughs> some people are going to do it so um but there's a chance to see you know all right, that round was too easy. Can I go a little bit harder and do the same thing? Still too easy. Can I go a little bit harder and do the same yeah. thing? And whether or not you can build that consistency over and over again under fatigue is, you know, it's quite a learning part. experience yep. on top of getting a decent amount of volume in and weightlifting. Yeah, it's. I think it does a few different things for you, like like the squat cleans and the rowing. For me, that leg extension is actually super important to get that poison out of my quads yeah. after you know trying to go through a heavy set of five. But then on the other side, you mix in something like running and, you know, now you're, you're getting some of that aerobic work in there, um, you know, just sort of as like an added benefit to your lifting session. And that's no different than us talking about how the like flossing will add up. You know, if, if you got four, one, four or five, one Ks and four or five, eight hundreds yeah, over the course of, of six weeks, it's going to add up. a yeah, lot. Yeah, of course. All right. So moving on from Olympic lifting. 
into the wads. More of the same this cycle. Um, the major uh, change that I'll say that's going to happen next cycle is that you're going to see the, the focus dial in a more uh, open-specific movements. So this will be the last cycle where you see things high skill. Like you might see some legless rope climbs or some rope climbs. You may see... Um, I don't know, maybe some heavier hands power cleans, walking, tags, awards, awards, parallel yeah. handstand yeah. things that are you know out of the out of the norm of the open. So chance to get some exposure there because we still want to keep the the variance great throughout the year yep. as best we can. Um, but you know, next cycle is where it gets real. That's when the uh, the open stuff comes around. It's a chance to crank up the intensity and really dial in the focus on things we need to get ready for for the upcoming season. And the wads are mandatory four days a week. So oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> even so better. We, we are gearing you towards the more conditioning side of things, clearly with the way we've explained lifting already and, and the amount of mandatory wads and intervals. Um, but yeah, we just want to make sure that now this is the time of year where you're putting together those skills and the high rep movements and the conditioning and the monostrate, you know, everything together um, before we have a much shorter condensed version of cycle four this year going into the open where we just want to make sure that that handstand push standard yeah. is nailed down. Those burpees, that, are, good. Those burpees yeah. are perfect. The chest to bar, you know. So for now, this is this is the opportunity to really have that expanded skill set still honing that in and, and putting that to work and of course we're not just going to take these movements out but they probably won't be as be peppered in a little yeah, bit less be peppered yeah. in i a like less. that a little peppered in yeah cool uh so are you are you good there yeah, i'm good i'm good that's all i wanted to say about <laughs> the wall sure? so yeah i'm good <laughs> nothing else said. i don't want pepper some more <laughs> yeah, pepper it in okay uh so from the wads intervals uh again these are similar to the wads in the sense that i'm still keeping those uh high skills in there um the, or the difficult uh, skills with some of the more strange movements, I guess you would say, um, sandbag stuff, some strongman stuff still in there. Um, but again, interval style. So we want you to be able to push hard and, uh, you know, and, and take small amounts of rest to kind of recover. There are specific styles of intervals. Like we'll have um, a certain amount of reps, max reps in a given time with rest. Um, there are rounds for time uh, with rest there are uh, there's an EMOM every week, so there are specific uh, styles of intervals we're hitting in there. You don't really have to worry about that. You just put your head down, and do the work, and we'll make sure that each kind of of those uh, domains are covered for you. Um, but again, we're we're biasing conditioning this cycle, so nothing really crazy in the interval. Uh, the bitch work, pretty straightforward. Uh, day one, we'll have the standard, you know, row 500 times eight with equal or double rest. So real standard traditional bitch work. It's actually row 600 times 10. Well, I wasn't going to tell tell them, but (laughs) busted. I'm busted. Um, Really traditional uh, monostructural stuff. Uh, The the second day, um, it's bitch gymnastics. So we still have that uh, gymnastic skill built into bitch work. And then uh, only three days of bitch work. A week, this cycle. Wow. And none of it's mandatory. Shucks. Wow, wow. And uh, day four, we will keep going with that theme of longer aerobic um, capacity building with long intervals. They won't be necessarily the straight through like we've done some in the past, like with the 40-minute runs with no breaks. These are just longer intervals, more of them with a decent amount of rest, just a lot of volume on those days. And that's if you really need uh, to build that upper end aerobic capacity stuff. Moving right along. Last piece Moving we got. On. Extras or accessories. Um, I actually really like the way that these have been put together this cycle. There are some real specific things we're working on. Um, one, or most of it is midline related. So we're going to alternate between uh, toaster bar and GHD volume work uh, each week. Um, 
I really think that that's going to go a long way leading into the open, just making sure that you're comfortable with that high rep stuff. So if it does come up in, in open workouts or competition workouts or whatever, doing that one workout where you have to jam 150 toaster bars. I can almost there, believe that a like, big set of toaster bars is going to come into the open. Or right. A lot of volume. I mean, it happens all the time. So um, as as just making sure that you're really comfortable getting through those high reps and that your grip is in the right place and that your form is locked down. So all this stuff is kind of outside of the, the Metcon so that you can really um, practice those big sets, the, the upper limits of volume with toaster bar and GHDs. Um, and also in there for midline work, we're going to go back and forth between L-sit holds, variations of L-sit holds, and front lever holds. And let me just say, let me just preface this. I'm putting front levers in there because they're a progression of gymnastics that the sport has not got to yet but I think is important to recognize what it is and maybe start to build some capacity towards it. Now, I expect 99% of the blog, point maybe 99.99, 99, 99.999 repeating, none of them are going to be able to do front levers, okay? I'm sorry you're watching. You probably can't do a front lever. Maybe you can. It's cool. Sure, <laughs> probably can't do a front lever. Sure, can probably. barely Definitely even cannot. tuck his Although knees up don't, and hold himself You don't the really have a lower body, so I'm wondering so if it's because your midline is so close to the rings hey, we're talking and your about legs toes is what's about your so hands, bro. further out. He has that advantage and he still can't come close, so we wow. tested it. Yeah, okay. it's pretty, yeah, pretty embarrassing if you think about the it. The testing was elite, though. We did some elite testing <laughs> yeah, here at Mr. Athletics. It looked, yeah, we, we, we looked like real athletes. I did a toes to bar workout RX in class the other day, so why don't you shut your mouth? Yeah, wow. Three toes to bar per round. Okay. That's fucking <laughs> Okay. Uh, so anyway, with the front levers, they're sprinkled in there, but we shot a whole video of progressions. We don't expect any of you guys to actually get to the front lever right away, but we want to show you how to start building towards having a front lever and, and working on the midline stability. Um, yeah, it's... it's. We should have an outtakes video We'll see that. what happens. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, we'll post the, those videos up when, when the levers get posted, but it's, it's, uh, it's optional. Just, I'm throwing it out there, okay? So front levers are coming. I know you guys can't do them. Uh, <laughs> we also have, um, on the days that we switch between the shoulder work and deadlift for the strength, we have the opposite in the accessories. So if you're working on the posterior chain and the deadlift and the strength that day, the opposite side in the accessory will be an upper body, like a bench press, um, strict press, dumbbell work uh, to kind of go hand-in-hand with that. So they're opposites each other. And then when we do have the rest-pause day in the strength, they'll, you'll have a posterior chain kind of lift or accessory on the other side. So they, they, uh, you can work on either one. It'll be there for you. You'll have options. Uh, and lastly, last thing I want to talk about, because this may be slightly controversial, swimming is mandatory. Swimming is mandatory for the first time ever on the blog on day fives. It doesn't mean that you guys are going to go swimming. What it means is that I think at this point in our sport, if you are not swimming and you are not learning how to swim, because I bet a lot of, well, I know a lot of CrossFitters can barely get their ass down and back in a pool with the same stroke. So if you are not starting to practice this, you are falling behind in the sport. If you even just pay attention to social media once in a while, you'll see all the upper end and then middle level athletes are all getting to the They're pool. Swimming, yeah. If you're not one of them because you're following what we're writing to a T and you're never getting to the pool, you're missing something. So I'm giving you the opportunity to say that you have to do it and to build it into your schedule. If you don't do it, you can't get to a pool. Bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. I wasn't going to say that, but bullshit. it is what it is. Like you're prioritizing something else over that. That's the that's the biggest point you have to make. So, I mean, we spend half of training camp talking about your goals and priorities lining up. 
where you can't message us and say, I really want to get to regionals or I want to get to the games. What can I do that I'm not currently doing? Well, the site literally says swim this distance this many times with this much rest. That's our answer to that question. Yep. So it's in there. The excuse that you can't swim or you don't want to swim, I'm taking it away from you. It's built in. It's mandatory. It's five days and then uh, day five. So five days for each week. One Are you day really doing CrossFit if you don't embrace the ability to go try something you're not good at yet? I mean, that's exactly. what CrossFit was built upon. I thought you were just about to challenge yeah. me with that look in your eye. I was like, <laughs> no. motherfucker, I'm people no, need no, to no, go you're swim. the manifestation yeah. of the person that's not going to swim. Oh. He wants to fight you. <laughs> that's what I'm about <laughs> you right now. But I'm saying, like, that's what CrossFit was based upon back in the day, was yeah. learning new skills and new drills. Like, swimming should be something that you're, you know, excited to go learn, not like, oh, fuck, I have to go swim again. Yeah. Like, embrace the challenge. And, you know, if you just put some time in there, even if you start with, like, doggy paddle or side stroke, you're going to learn over time how to get better at these things. And, and you, you learn can't, fast, too. And if you can't, you know, f- help find people, there's definitely somebody at your gym or yeah. someone nearby that can help you with your swim stroke so you can get better at it. So, you know, embrace the challenge. Yeah. And, and I will say this too. So we've put it in on one day, like I said, day five. I've said that like 50 times now. Which is, which is Saturday. Which is Saturday, and it's the last day before your rest day. So I like that to be the last piece of the day leading into your rest day. However, I don't think that swimming is anywhere near as taxing as everything else that we program. In fact, I, I think from what I've found and seen, it's kind of the opposite. So if you needed to move it to make sure that you were getting it in your week, there's enough volume on Saturday with what's left without the swimming that you could plug the swimming in somewhere else during the week if it fits your schedule better so i'm giving you one out you still have to swim but i'm giving you an out not to do it on that day or i'm i guess i'm taking away your excuse to not do it at all oh i can't swim saturdays well then put it in somewhere else even if you're adding the volume in it's not going to hurt you it's just it's just not that taxing. You have to be really good at swimming for yes. it to like completely whoop your correct ass. yeah yes and a lot of it is is just getting comfortable in the water and figuring out what the hell you're doing. So it's not going to beat you up. You need to swim once a week. That's We're making it mandatory. That's what I'm ending with. So that's what I got. I have a question. Okay. If I'm, if I'm trying to choose between bitch work and extra work, mm-hmm. um, which would be obviously the accessory, yeah. and I have enough time and I can maintain the intensity and I really kind of need both, Can I do those on the same day instead of pick one or should I try to pick one and then sprinkle it in somewhere else in the other part of the week? I would stick. Then I'm talking about someone who can handle this. Depending on what it is. I I think because the things are so varied, that would, that would depend slightly day to day, but I can give you a general answer. I would do the bitch work on the day that it's written because if you try to move that, it's almost definitely going to conflict with other training just right. because of the way it's set up. The and I was sort of alluding to that, like you get yeah. your bitch work done and then I feel pretty good. Can I do the yes. toast to bar? Yeah, and and if you needed both, like both were 50-50 importance, you can more easily move an accessory than you can the bitch work piece with how much shit is written out on this so you're gonna you're gonna cause a conflict in training if you try to move a lot of the stuff around just because we hit a lot of the same stuff so often the accessory or extra can be done if you're feeling good another day you could switch accessories like a day three to day one if it fits whatever you're doing better fine um but try not to move more the 
of the solid pieces because you're just going to end up either being repetitive, beating yourself up, or, or conflicting with your training. So I just know that there are people who we, we talk a lot during the podcast about people who aren't honest with themselves, but then there are people on the other side of the coin that are like over the top. Yeah. That are like, I'm, I can't skip 600 meter row by 10. I can't right. skip it. Like Boy, I'm, I would gladly skip. I it. shouldn't. I shouldn't Don't skip, skip it. it. That's you know <laughs> maybe something. the most bang yeah. for my buck over the course of the entire day. Yeah. But maybe they're already good at rowing. Like where where does that permission come in for an Ooh. athlete to skip something that's you know six thousand meters of rowing at intensity? Like where where can athletes draw the line there? I'm not sure. I can give you one answer on that. Do you, I mean? Do you have an answer in your head that you would? Yeah, I mean, one thing that's really good when you look at these cycles is it's it's obvious that, you know, I'm going to keep using the exact same example. Um, someone that's a little bit smaller that's probably better at toes to bar probably needs the rowing a little bit more than somebody else. Yeah, so like, so the reason I'm having a tough time giving you a straight answer is because I can take two athletes in particular um, who would do the opposite here. If I look at Kenzie and Travis and I had they did everything else. And I think about those two, those two pieces that are left, the rowing intervals or the toaster bar. As far as fitness goes, both of them, even though they're fit as fuck, are going to get way more out of doing rowing intervals right. right in the long run. But both of them also need to build capacity specifically in toaster bar, right. especially at the higher level, regionals and games. Yeah. So if they said, oh, I only have time for one, I absolutely can only do one, I would say, you know, maybe I will let you skip the rowing intervals and we'll push harder on something else tomorrow yeah. and I'll let you do the skill work. But that's not the case for 85% of the rest right. of the athletes. The rowing is going to be the correct answer. That's why it varies a little bit. Almost always, bitch work is the answer. Yeah. Almost always. Uh, but in certain circumstances, I can come up with plenty of reasons where I go, yeah, that's great. You know, let's just let's not do it this time around. I'll make sure you get your rowing intervals in next time, or I'll make sure tomorrow I'll build in the rowing with the Metcon. We'll change it around so you get both. But I'd really need you to hit these toaster yeah. bars where you're struggling. So, yeah, and this is this is one of those goes. things where where we can use Sherb as an example. He would need to to choose the toaster bar. Definitely need a row. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> that's oh. a perfect. Sh- he's even better. Example Sherb than would them. need Sherb would need the toaster bar. Correct. And as an athlete, knowing you listen to this podcast and you know that five weeks of alternating between toes to bar and GHD could do a lot for capacity, midline, grip strength, um, you know, even just pull up bar gymnastics in general, all of that. Hanging on, yep. You have to be able to, once you're honest with yourself about what you need to get better at, you have to be able to say, okay, during the open, I really need to be able to have these big sets. Yep. And I have the fitness. I have bitch work on other days. I have the workout on other days. I just, we always talk about that person that skips the bitch work. Yeah. But there's also those other people that are just nuts about making sure that they get all their conditioning in. And five weeks of toaster bar and GHD setups could do a lot for your game. Totally. Kind of connect the pieces, you know, maybe with your back squat, your Olympic lifting, all of that. So, and, and there's, and there's one more way to approach it too. If, if you were a really strong lifter who needed the bitch work badly, power clean singles just happens to be the, the lift on that day. You're going to get plenty of pulling in elsewhere. Tons of it. Tons of pulling in. You may drop the power cleans or maybe you move the power cleans into the Metcon and you do bitch work. Like right. there's all kinds of ways to shuffle this around. If you really are honest with yourself and know what you're doing. I mean, and that's the beauty of having a remote coach who right. does that for you. And, uh, but generally speaking, yeah. 
Anyway. This is it's funny you say that because this pops into my head because if China and Sam find out that I took something out that's like accessory they work, they won't do it anyway. They'll just, I'll see, they'll, they'll tell <laughs> me by putting it in their the Instagram, story. yeah, the yeah. Instagram story like, <laughs> oh geez, I thought I got rid of those strict chests. No, I didn't. No. Apparently not. Yeah. So yeah, that's just, you know, the things that we think about, you know, going through remote, remote coaching, what an athlete needs, and then it's not always just that one day. It's not always about like, can I beat the shit out of myself today it could be about creating that accessory template for the five weeks totally and making a change there so yeah any last words of wisdom hmm. i feel like we went way longer than we planned on going in this podcast no, i think we hit it Gave all you guys like so much good stuff we here, said right? it all so much good stuff said all set all set all right guys thanks for tuning in and uh we'll see you again very soon